Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 20 minutes here. Coming up in just a few moments, Mark Menard's game breakdown between LSU and Missouri. The LSU Tigers coming in at 2-2, two and two, losing to Auburn last week, while the Missouri Tigers coming in 2-2. Two and two. They lost to West Virginia in week one, 26-11, followed by a, a week two-week victory, 61-21 to 21 over Eastern Michigan. They lost a heartbreaker late in the game in the SEC to Georgia, 28-27, to 27, followed by last week's 79-0 win over Delaware State. This is a crucial part of the season for the uh, Missouri Tigers because, like we said, two of the uh, – Two of the next four games are in the conference. Two of the next three, obviously, at LSU today, and then they'll take a week off before they play at Florida the week after LSU plays at Florida, a Florida team who won today by a score of 13-6. to 260-1870 is the number to get involved. You can text us at 870-870. Come into this day, today's game, the Missouri Tigers, where they're led by their passing game, and sophomore quarterback Drew Locke, who's coming up with some big numbers. And joining us now here to help us talk about the Missouri Tigers, knows an awful lot about them. Missouri beat writer for the Kansas City Star, Todd Palmer. And Todd, uh, talking earlier this week to you and other people in the media, many people feel when you go back to the Coach Pinkle era, so two of his notable quarterbacks, obviously Chase Daniel, who's still in the league now, as a backup at Philadelphia, James Franklin a few years ago. Some feel that Drew Locke is in that same line, can be a very successful quarterback as well. And he's, he's put up some pretty big numbers. Yeah, he has, and uh, and don't forget about Blaine Gabbert, uh, the starting quarterback yep. at San Francisco. He's another uh, Gary Pinkle prodigy. Um, but yeah, I mean Drew's, you know Drew's putting up numbers those guys never did. Now, obviously the the system's a little different, and when you look at level of competition, you know I mean he's he's had two five touchdown games this season, but you know Eastern Michigan and Delaware State are a far cry from you know LSU. But look, I mean he threw for more than three hundred yards and three touchdowns against Georgia too, so. Um, you know, they aren't all, you know, kind of uh, inflated numbers. And, and looking at, at Jamon Moore, is Jamon Moore the guy that, 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 that the big receiver a few years ago that was supposed to be the number one player in the country, never really panned out at Missouri and so forth, and he came there and then uh, – Doriel Green Beckham. Yeah, yeah. It seems like Moore is, is more of a, a production guy than, than Beckham, what they wanted Beckham to be. Uh, well, DGB, that's what everybody calls him up here. And, yeah. and he's with the Eagles now, too. So, I mean, he's stuck around the league. His problem was, uh, like, he, he he had trouble grasping the playbooks. They were limited with what they could do with him. Yeah. Um, he still put up some decent numbers at times. Um, but, um, no, I mean, they don't have anybody on the on the team now that's like that's like Doriel Green Beckham was. That guy was, was a monster in terms of his size, um, his catch radius. His hands. I mean, he just had physical attributes that you just don't find from typical guys. I mean, Jamon Moore is is nowhere near the, the size, and and he's not quite the physical specimen, but he's a guy who can actually understand and run good routes. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's a trade off there. He's a better overall wide receiver, but he's not nearly the athlete that Doriel Green Beckham was. 
Getting the latest from the Missouri Tigers, 2-2, two and two, a 6.35 kickoff Missouri here at LSU in Baton Rouge today. The Tigers come in fresh off a 79-0 win over Delaware State. What's interesting, go back and look, and I was saying, you know, there's kind of some unknowns. You know, you know, early in the season, you could really get to comparing scores, but you don't really know who's that good. And you look at some people who had some big wins, and you can punch holes in them by comparing scores and so forth. But looking at their one conference game against Georgia, a close loss there, I found what was interesting, maybe the most impressive part of that game even though they lost they held Nick Chubb and Sonny Michael combined uh to you know less than 100 yards and that's got to be pretty impressive and I would think because of what LSU has done in the first four weeks of the season albeit different staff now or different guys in charge Missouri is probably going to load up to stop the run today yeah I mean look that's what they key on I mean that's what you know that's what most defensive coordinators you know you you try to make a team one-dimensional and and you know a lot of times that means stopping the run and um, whether it's Leonard Fournette, who doesn't look like he's going to go, or Darius Geis, who, believe me, um, those of us who know college football know that, that Darius Geis is still a very good player. Maybe not quite the level of Leonard Fournette, but it's not like they've got you or me in the backfield today. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, they're definitely going to, uh, going to key on the run. Um, you know, and, and they're going to say, hey, you know what? Uh, Danny Etling, come beat us. Um, now, I think that LSU's got some better wide receivers. Um, than than Georgia did, um, but I don't I don't know that Etling's a better quarterback than Jacob Eason. I also think Missouri uh, learned some things from that game and will adjust a little bit because they kind of got their you know Isaiah McKenzie ate their lunch in that game. Um, the little jitterbug slot receiver that, that Georgia has. I think you're going to see some adjustments, but yeah, LSU can probably feel pretty comfortable watching what Missouri did against Georgia and expect a similar game plan. And, Todd, uh, one, one, one name who just, well, his stats at least jump off the page right now, that is quarterback Drew Locke, 15 touchdowns, uh, leads the SEC. I think he's third in the nation right now. Well, uh, you got Drew Locke on one side. When he's dropping back, Arden Key is going to be chasing him. Instead of Locke and Key, it's kind of Locke versus Key. How do you think this Missouri offensive line plans on stopping uh, what has been one of the most you know, uh, successful pass rushers in the entire nation thus far? Well, to, I mean, to me, that is the key matchup of the game because Missouri has only allowed one sack through four games this year. Um, now they have they haven't faced you know Gavin Godshaw and and Arden Key, uh, but Georgia didn't get any sacks against them. Uh, Eastern Michigan didn't get any sacks against them. Delaware State didn't either. But of course, you'd, you'd expect that. Um, they gave up one sack in the second half against West Virginia, and that's it. So this offensive line. Uh, although it doesn't have any big-name guys and, and it doesn't have much experience, uh, at least didn't have any coming into the season. Obviously, they've got four days of experience now. Um, they've done an incredible job in pass protection. But we're going to find out how much of that had to do with uh, the caliber of competition they were playing yeah. uh, today. Because, uh, you know, I, I would expect – I mean, they've, they've used a lot of tight ends. Uh, formations. One of the reasons that Ish Witter uh, is the starter is because he's also very good in pass protection despite being a little bit smaller guy. Um, and so, I mean, they're going to give those guys help, and they're, you know, but they've done a good job in that area. What, you know, what remains to be seen is, okay, Ish Witter can pick up, you know, a blitzing defensive back from Georgia. Uh, he can pick up, um, you know, somebody from Eastern Michigan or, uh, you know, or Delaware State. How is how is Ish Witter going to do if he's asked to help on, 
some of these defensive linemen LSU has. If those guys can still hold up, um, they'll be all right. The other the other factor in there is Drew Locke has been very decisive this year. When he drops back, he's not holding on to the ball. He, yeah. You know, he makes his read, he makes his throw, he gets the ball out on time. And that obviously helps the offensive line tremendously because they're not having to block for three, four, five seconds, you know, which, you know, it's hard. So no lineman's best friend, right? Yeah, exactly. Get get that ball out of your hand. Exactly. So when you add all that up, I mean, those, some of those elements aren't going to change, you know, I mean, I think Drew's still going to get the ball out quickly and things like that. So it it could be a frustrating day for Arden Key if they're getting the ball out real quick and he just doesn't have time to get back there. Todd, how can people keep up with you on social media? Um, I am on Twitter at Todd Palmer. That's Todd with one D T O D P A L M E R. And, uh, I'll be tweeting all night. So you can go find yep. some links to stories on there and, uh, that I've written from the Missouri perspective this week. If you want to read up on that for the game. And Todd, you know, a lot of people, especially in these polls are somewhat surprised, uh, you know, what Las Vegas thinks of LSU and this from the two touchdown favorite. A lot of people think it's going to be a lot closer. Give us your take. How do you think this game is going to go down tonight between LSU and Missouri? You know what, I actually, and I've told people this all week, before Les Miles was fired, I probably would have picked Missouri to win because I think LSU's offense was very predictable. Um, I think Missouri's defense is underrated, and I think Missouri's passing game is explosive enough that it would have given them an opportunity. I think that the problem now is that Missouri doesn't know what it's going to get from this LSU offense, which makes game planning a nightmare. If I'm LSU – I'm self-scouting. I'm, I'm having one of my defensive coaches break down our first four games as if I was Missouri staff, identifying tendencies and figuring things out because you can't make wholesale changes to the offense. But what you can do is add, if you notice certain tendencies, you can add a bootleg route on the backside of, of yep. a formation that you've shown. You know, like if, if you've shown a formation at a certain down and distance or a certain place on the field where you always run left tackle, well, now you can work in a bootleg out the backside with the tight end release, and all of a sudden there's a big play available for you uh, if you get creative that way. And those are the kind of things that Missouri can't really game plan for because you can only go by what you've seen on tape or you end up chasing ghosts. So if LSU is smart, they'll just work in a few little tweaks, but it could make a huge difference. And so I ultimately think LSU pulls out a close game because of that. All right. Todd Palmer. Todd, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the game tonight. Not a problem, guys. You take care. All, All right, right we'll come back and have our game preview and T-Bob Abe's prediction. LSU and Missouri will join the network in 12 minutes here on WWL. Along with T-Bob Abe, I'm Dick Bellavia. Before we get T-Bob's keys to the game and his prediction, let's get you our game preview. LSU and Missouri, here is Mark Menard. As we turn the page on the calendar to October, so too does LSU turn the page to a new era. Last weekend was a roller coaster of emotion for Tiger fans, and the ride didn't stop after the final gun sounded on the plains. First, there was the game itself, a defensive slugfest that saw the Bayou Bengal defense keep Auburn out of the end zone, allowing six field goals on the day. LSU, meanwhile, managed just 13 points heading into their final drive. In one of those crazy endings that have been the hallmark of Les Miles' career in Baton Rouge, Danny Etling completed a game-winning touchdown pass to DJ Chark with no time on the clock. Upon further review, though, the pass was completed with no time on the clock. LSU failed to snap the ball before time ran out. 
LSU fell 18-13 to drop to 2-2 two and two and drop out of the national top 25. But while they suffered the defeat as a team, it was Coach Miles who paid the ultimate price. Sunday afternoon, word came down from the higher-ups in the red stick that the man with the greatest winning percentage in school history was ousted. Midway through his 12th season, the Les Miles era was abruptly cut short. He leaves behind a legacy of 11 straight eight-win seasons, his entire tenure with the Tigers, two conference championships, and of course LSU's third national title all-time back in 2007. However, he also leaves behind an offense that had bogged down far more often than it should have in 2016. When you discard their electric second quarter against Jacksonville State, the Tigers have averaged less than three and a half points on offense in each of their other 15 quarters of football they played. They were held scoreless in nine out of 16 quarters this season to this point, and their fourth quarter scoring total sits at zero. And so, with two-thirds of the season remaining, LSU pulled the trigger on Miles, as well as offensive coordinator Cam Cameron, elevating defensive line coach Ed Orgeron to the role of interim head coach. It's a spot Orgeron has been in before. In an eerily similar scenario, Southern California made Orgeron the interim top dog of their football program in late September 2013 after firing Lane Kiffin. The Trojans responded well to Coach O, who led them to a 6-2 finish to the season, including a victory over fifth-ranked Stanford. Now the Louisiana native is tasked with turning around an underwhelming season at the state's flagship football program and salvaging what's left of the fans' waning championship aspirations. Unlike LSU, this week's Bayou Bengal opponents have had no trouble on the offensive side of the ball, at least on the surface. Missouri's offense is ranked first in the SEC with just under 570 yards per game. They're averaging 44.5 points a game. But digging deeper, Mizzou made most of their hay by dropping 61 points on Eastern Michigan and in an absolutely savage 79-0 shutout of Delaware State last week. They came up one point short against Georgia 28-27 and managed just 11 points in a season-opening loss to West Virginia. Still quarterback Drew Locke comes in leading the SEC in passing yards and passing touchdowns, and he'll square off with an LSU defense surrendering just under 17 points a game. So will LSU circle the wagons under Coach O and get back above 500? Or will Missouri spoil the Bayou Bengals homecoming and get a win in their first ever trip to Baton Rouge? It's the LSU Tigers versus the Missouri Tigers under the lights in Death Valley, coming up right here on WWL. I'm Mark Menard, WWL Sports. All right, Mark, thank you very much. All right, coming up, it is LSU and Missouri. But as we do before we sign off, a former Tiger T-Bob Bear. T-Bob, the first meeting between LSU and Missouri in the SEC. A brief history between these two dating back to some bowl action. But your keys, LSU and Missouri, the Tigers are about a 14-point favorite. Yeah, look, obviously um, there, there's so many questions. There's so many different directions that you could go with where to focus on, on this game. And, and so the kind of the broad strokes that I'm looking at, Deke, can this offense be more productive? You mm -hmm. can't change what's in the playbook. You can change how you use it. You can also pull from different, you know, maybe some underutilized portions of the playbook. And and, and you heard, uh, I forget his name, but whoever the Missouri writer. Todd Palmer. Who, yep. So Todd Palmer, he, I think he hit the nail on the head. What we discussed, which is that you have no film on Steve Ensminger and Coach O and what their goals are. You have no idea of what their tendencies are going to be compared to that of Les Miles and Cam Cameron. So can, can you find a way to, uh, to, to make the offense more productive. If you if you can, that'll go a long way towards accomplishing uh, the goals today and down the road. Also, improvement here after uh, one week of the changes taking place. But one of the key switches that Coach O made 
was giving Bradley Dale Pivato just committing him fully to special teams. No more coaching linebackers, no more other responsibilities. And I'm interested to see whether or not that pays dividends in that phase of the game. The matchups that I'm worried about today, when this LSU offense has really struggled, it mm-hmm. seems to always start with that offensive line getting beat. Missouri has an underrated defensive line. They are another very good SEC defensive line. As you mentioned, Deke, they can stop the run. They can also get after the passer. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to make this offense productive, you're going to make Danny Atley successful and productive, the offensive line has to play well. They have to play better than they have. And they need some confidence going forward into the rest of this gauntlet. So watch out for that matchup. And then, of course, talk about it with Todd. Missouri's given up one sack. They want to throw the ball a lot. Arden Key's on pace for 20 sacks. What breaks? Who wins that battle? In all, I like LSU. I think Vegas likes LSU because of all the motion, because of all the surrounding circumstances. I think LSU wins by 10 uh, in the end, and I think they start to gain a little confidence from here going forward. All right. Thanks so much to Big Todd right here with us. Dave Potter back in the studio. Up next, LSU and Missouri. For T-Bob Bear. I'm Deke Bellavere. T-Bob, take them to the stadium. Tigers. Look, man, it's it's getting it's it's excitable out here. The atmosphere is great. It's a fall day. Refresh, refreshing, refreshness. Is that a word? I don't know. It feels incredible. It's a new era of LSU football as we head into the great unknown with so many questions. What answers will start to reveal themselves tonight? What answers will we find? What will where will they point? What lies in the future of this LSU Tiger football team? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.